0: Welcome to episode number eight of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century, directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular discussions about everything software development.
1: You can find us online on Developer Melange, github.io, and you can follow us on Twitter are at devmelange, that's dev, M-E-L-A-N-G-E.
2: We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us on Twitter or leave your comments on our website. We appreciate all of your feedback. And now, here are your hosts.
0: My name is Christian. I am Peter.
2: I'm Paul. I'm David. And here we have our second guest. It's Claudia. Welcome, Claudia. Hi. Welcome.
3: Thanks for the invitation.
2: Yeah. David and me know you from our job, or previous job, in your case, David. So your background, you you have a development background, Kind and of. kind of development, sure. I, I saw some crazy video about some super fancy UI you did on FH uh, years yeah. ago.
3: Yeah, yeah years and ago, you, and you were <laughs> centuries ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But it was really cool, yeah. And now you are more or less in this. Why do I talk?
3: Yeah, I can talk. Don't you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> I, I can do that. Yeah, so my main focus is at the moment UX design, so use experience design. Um, yeah, and besides that, at the company, I'm doing a lot of other stuff as well. So I'm for marketing, organizational de- development. I'm also a team lead. And um, moving
2: five floors up.
3: Yeah, and I'm involved in the moving now of our, our company. Um, yeah, but, but the main focus is UX design, um, Yeah, and I'm also, for example, organizing the UX Vienna meetup, uh, co-organizing with some others. How often yeah. does it take place? Um, so we have several kind of meetups. Okay. The evening meetup is once a month, oh, yeah, okay. every second Tuesday.
1: Oh.
3: Then we have a breakfast thing, uh-huh. uh, it's in a coffee house, okay. um, and we have a book club, so okay. that's the book. regular stuff.
2: Uh-huh how many people are coming, typically,
3: to um, so this evening? Uh, to the evening, um, 60 to 70 people.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you said you will uh, talk about design thinking, so how is that yeah. related to your main focus of UX?
3: Design thinking is now, everybody's talking about it, um, but it's using the same methods than user experience design. So a lot of methods that are used in design thinking are the same, that are, are used in the user-centered design process. Yeah, maybe i give a short introduction to what sir. is design thinking, as some of you have not that much experience with it. Um, so, it's an approach uh, of applying design methods to solve a problem or to create innovative solutions. So, um, it's using all the design methods that are used uh, in, for creating designs um to different kind of problems for example uh, so if you have want to uh re we uh, want to reorganize the hr process for example you can use uh design methods to think about possible solutions and understand the problem better and then um Create a lot of ideas and prototype it.
4: Yeah, that's interesting because there is this C. Uh, there is this new title in big companies which is called CDO, mm-hmm. design officer or something like this, or UX okay. officer. Yeah. Do you yeah. have heard about this? Okay.
3: No,
4: not that. Much, so that UX is really now moving onto the top of organizations. If you think of um, yeah, human-centered design or yeah. user-centered design, yes. how they call yeah. it. So yeah. it's really. It's really forcing them to, to follow all these principles, mm. right?
3: Yeah, so, so the methods are more and more used in, for this designing business processes.
4: Exactly, yeah. Um,
3: yeah. And for, for example, also Design Sprint by Google, so there's the book about it. It's also design thinking just in five days, so um, it's now very popular and used in, in, in the business sector.
1: I'm sorry. I've never left my my uh, IDE. So, what what would be a, a, a design, What would be yeah. what would be a, a UX technique? That uh, give me some yeah, examples, please. Yeah
3: for, yeah, for example, personas. Have you heard about that? Uh, it's it's to understand where you what your user is and who is mm-hmm. who he or she is. Uh, what um, what they like, what they don't like, what goals they have and to understand them better and then design a system for these personas. Personas are not real people, but uh, based on the user research you do or based on your analysis before, uh, you can then create personas uh, that are representing your users.
1: That um, makes it easier for us to to design something for them yeah. because they are more they are more tangible. They are yes, not abstract. Yes. It's some...
3: Even if you have a big uh, user base and you're not sure mm-hmm. uh, or it's hard to get them, then it's uh, one way is to use personas, for example.
1: Okay, um, I've heard of that. So how how can I use that in, in other? How can I use that to restructure HR? Yeah.
3: yeah so for example, for HR, if you want to. Do something for the onboarding. You can think who are my new employees that will start, how are they? What do they expect? What are their wishes? What are their concerns? And how can I design my the the onboarding process to fulfill um, their needs and their wishes? Or you can think about the the company or the department where they join. What do they want uh, or need to in from the process, from the HR process. Um, to onboard the new
4: employee but but this means that every aspect of life has user experience right of course that's the idea behind it so you can apply yeah, you have it some
3: experience so you are feeling yeah, exactly. and exactly have wishes and yeah and, and that's in every area but this aspect.
4: means that we will have user experience experts as you in lots of other branches than software development in the future right yes that's the idea. Yeah. Maybe they're already there, yeah, but they're not, they're, not they're not called, called like that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, for example, we, you have the customer experience in the marketing. They're already they're yeah. Also, a lot of methods and techniques are taken from these areas. Um, to they, they try to understand the customers since centuries already and to try to, how, how do we need to sell our product or um, that they want to have it. But, yeah, the main focus in this area is to, is to sell something. The main area in design thinking is to solve the problem of them, um, the problem okay. they have. So, so you
1: are
4: the, the But, but the,
3: the techniques are more or less the same. Hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So have we lost contact with the people in general? That, yeah. we, that we need like to refocus everything on, on the people?
3: Yeah, I think so. Because okay. most of the times we are very focused on the processes. Um, and how to optimize them Mm -hmm. Um, we try to um, so we are not solving the real problems of the people i think sometimes no
1: we're optimizing spreadsheets
3: yes and and often we are solving the so we are thinking about uh, what are the problems of the others and Mm -hmm. these are most of the time different than the real problems of the users they have a different kind of view so i for example was in a innovation workshop and it was about elderly people um they're living in home for the elderly and we thought "Ah, how can we make it better for them yeah we can make some program that they talk more to each other um and then the um, the boss of uh, one of these home for the elderly told us yeah they're trying that already but they don't want to sometimes sometimes it's good that they can be alone and and also um don't have to talk to the others. So this over-entertainment is sometimes not um, what they really want or because they have things like we already have... I don't want to talk to mm-hmm. this guy because I don't like him. She or was something. pointing at me when she <laughs> <Sorry>. said this.
4: <laughs> Just for the record. But you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. And, and we assume... Uh, something that is not true, and so it's important to really go out in the field, really see what they want uh, what are their wishes um, to then understand the real problem and not what we expect that is the problem yeah,
0: that's, that's cool. so it means it's it's more of an a, um, less of a theoretical approach, more of a practical approach, yes, you're getting contact with the people themselves,
3: yes, so it's okay. always about users. Customers, whatever, or so people affected by the process. Um, that's the m- most important thing, uh, and that's the first thing to under- really understand the problem. Maybe reframe it, uh, reorganize it um, to understand the real, the real problem that that we should solve.
4: Yeah, that's interesting because I mean I'm not deep into UX, but one thing I remembered was when one UX expert one told me. UX is not about analyzing. You can sit there for hours on a desk and then create something. Mm -hmm. But actually, it always comes down that you will only be able to find out what customers really want if you ask them, right? And I think that's what we often as software developers do not do. We often think we know what customers know, but actually you cannot know it without asking them, right? Mm -hmm. You can think of maybe solutions for problems, but without really contacting them and trying it out, it won't work, Mm -hmm. right? The question I always ask myself is then, when does the process of software development really jump in, right? Because we have a lot of tools where you can do a lot of prototyping, where you don't need software engineers, right? You can create full application flows without someone who is writing code, right? Can you? Oh,
1: you can. Yeah, you
3: can. So you can fake it?
1: Yeah, you can do like a wireframe, so yeah, wireframes or yeah,
3: some, wireframes or, or some,
1: so some just draw it and then yeah, and some it. you
3: have like small scripts that are mm-hmm. really easy and they're just you enter that and you get that response. Maybe that's that's, enough. A, that's, that's enough, enough
1: for the application. That for su- testing it. That sounds like Excel yeah. macros, right? That yeah. could be enough for the whole application Yeah, but it's, not,
4: it's not like this but old black-white like, wireframe. It's really high-resolution, right? I it I looks know. really yeah. good.
1: I so, know tools that, that... And actually, uh, yeah,
4: you yeah. can yeah. test it out already. You, you don't need any... Yeah. You don't need to write Which reminds any. me
1: of the story. Do you know the story of this uh, guy who invented the... I think what was the first handheld, this uh, palm? Yeah. And before he had, like, a wooden block. And do uh, you know the story? No. Uh, so it's, I suppose it was uh, said like that so he wasn't sure if this would be something so he had the wooden block and the pen and whenever he thought that hey now I would uh, write in the address he took out the wooden block and, and did as he would write in the address to get the feeling for it and would he do it how often would he do it and and it's, uh, it sounds similar right? Yes. Uh, yes. just trying it yes. before really going for it and is this something useful or maybe it's just an mm-hmm. idea
3: mm-hmm. So the idea behind design thinking is exactly that, to validate the ideas then. So first to re- reframe the problem and find out what really the problem is, understand the users, then creating a lot of ideas, selecting one of them and prototype it and test it very fast. So that's the whole process of design thinking. So it's most of the times five phases, sometimes four, sometimes six. So they are different Um hmm. uh, implementations, let's say, of design thinking. Um, A lot of companies are selling their own design thinking process, but at the end it all comes back to the same, uh, of understanding, uh, creating a lot of ideas.
4: Yeah, but that's actually that's the idea of all these methodologies we have right now, right? Agile is the same idea, right? just small iterations, bringing it to the customer very fast, getting a lot of feedback, right? But the difference was that we were really creating software, and software creation costs a lot of money normally, right? So why don't we just create a lot of prototypes up front, right? And then just start the software development when we really know what to do. But on the other hand, this contradicts to this idea of really getting this time to market very Mm -hmm. very short right that's that's what Mm -hmm. we're all striving for if you take a look at companies they want to get onto the market as soon as possible right after three sprints after four sprints Mm -hmm. after i don't know two months then they should have something on the market right and if we then start again with these processes where we do a lot of upfront analysis without really creating any usable software then we somehow have this issue that we increase this time to market again? Right?
3: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> to see where design thinking fits in this whole tool mm-hmm. set, it's before starting Scrum or HL methodology. So design thinking is for getting the big idea or the solving the big problems on and finding, for example, what business model do I want to have and not creating the software. Oh, uh, okay. So it's it, it. most of the time it's... Uh, like it's uh, really good at the beginning mm-hmm. um, if you don't know exactly what the solution will be. You don't so have a described uh, requirement document. So you so don't know exactly what you want. So to if see. I
4: just create a new screen for my mobile application design thinking would not be the right choice, right? No. It
3: depends so for one screen, screen not for, for example for a bigger feature uh, where you don't know Should we really do that? So, for example, you have the problem, you want to get feedback from your users and you have 20, 30 different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then you can use this design thinking to think about how you can incorporate, for example, this feedback thing into your application.
4: Yeah. Well, what's the difference between design thinking and user-centered design?
3: <laughs> That's hard. No, so user-centered design <laughs> <And> human-centered design <laughs> human—it's t- the same. Human-centered okay. design um, is then incorporated in the whole process. So it's like it's it's parallel to this HL process, uh-huh. or it's part of it.
1: Well, it's part um, of it because we are—it's part we of it. Are, we are one team. We are valuing. We are valuing the people more than the processes. So it's. It's yeah. part of it. it.
3: Yeah, but...
1: You're laughing. <laughs> also, I didn't get it right, the words, did I? No, no. You're the HL expert. Here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but for example, in the human-centered design, I want to create a new wireframe. Um, I talk or watch the users um, create the wireframe, maybe show it to them, discuss with them, let it uh, test the, it with them, and then implement it, and we try to fit this in this HL process. Mm-hmm. Um for the design thinking um it's most of the time it's meant something bigger, uh bigger questions where you also uh, where this also has some effect on the business model, for example, and you need something from the business and a very multidisciplinary team to um answer big questions. By um,
4: using design by, methodologies. Yeah. Okay.
3: And th- for example, also the, the design sprint uh, by Google that is meant to be done in five days. That's for bigger features. Um, so, if you have a bigger feature and this is not, cannot be solved in this smaller iterative approach, um, then it's uh, useful to do this design sprint, for example, in four or five days, where you really focus on designing a bigger feature. Um, prototyping it and testing it, right. uh, so it's really and, a you can, and you can and you can code something. So uh, the goal is also to have some developers in this design sprint process and also in this design thinking because they have a different approach of solving uh, <laughs> yeah, problems. Awesome. I,
4: I'm just loving because I saw uh, <laughs> such a process yeah. a while ago, and that the developers were called builders. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what the fuck? Why are we called builders? <laughs> and then the, the answer was reasonable, right? Because it's, it's just, it doesn't need to be a developer, right? You can also apply this for creating a physical product and then you need a builder, yeah. right? So was, sorry. it just came into the mind because I said, hey, come on. <laughs> it's even worse than colder, right? Builder.
1: Bob <laughs> <laughs> one to pop five. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, that's interesting.
1: So you say it's a like when it's bigger than the application, it's design thinking. When it's small an application, it's UX, just it's regular UX of the thing.
3: No, it's I, com- no, it's de- it's depending on the question, not on the application. Oh.
1: Yeah, but I, I yeah. get it. So, so no,
3: it's more in the beginning. You have more, or for bigger things, you have the design thinking. Um, the methods are the same sometimes. So personas you need in this you can do in the design thinking and you can do personas in human-centred uh, design. So,
4: so design thinking is for prototyping up front, right? And, and human-centred design is then next to the development stream, you could say, right?
3: It's it's the process how user experience designers okay. work.
4: But they share some
3: methods. It's like BDD. Yeah, or, okay. yeah.
1: I really like how you use vocabulary that you also use and it means something completely different. Yeah. And it's also true for classic testers. They use the same vocabulary and they mean something completely yeah. different. Yeah. Because when you said you test it, then you mean that like you have a something, maybe something cut from wood and mm. some people are taking it and an oh, artist yeah. this feels good, I would use it. Yeah. It's totally not what we test. <laughs> and it's also not what yeah, the testers test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that, that's it's very e-
3: interesting. Evaluating. I, I yeah, it's evaluating. I think it's evaluating. I, I yeah.
1: get it. But of course, you're testing your hypothesis.
4: Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, I I always had this feeling that also software engineers need to understand the problem to solve it, right? And that's actually the core of all this, right? That you understand really what do you want to solve and why do you do this, right? Uh,
1: that's nothing new.
4: Yeah, no, no, that's not that's not nothing new. But uh, the interesting point is that I think it really depends on on the people, right? And and I think for for some people this is really a struggle if they in this direction, go there. Uh, yeah. which we are going now in this industry now. That everybody needs to be really focused on this stuff, right? There are enough people around there who just want to write lines of code, which is totally fine, but it, it's contradictory to these ideas big companies start to do now, right? It's this human centered design, and everybody who is writing software should <laughs> look into the mirror and should ask himself does this the user currently want? This if I'm writing here, right? Does it make sense. um,
1: It's interesting that you mentioned this because I wanted uh, to come back to that because there are also other users of the code that we write and there is this uh, book by Alex Bulbarka. Maybe you've uh, seen it. It's a usable software design which applies, uh, have you heard of it? Mm -hmm. So it applies these techniques but to the code. Mm -hmm. So what do I need from the code to be usable for me as developer and it has like, I guess the same tools Mm -hmm. and and we are ending at the same things that things we don't like, because they're not usable. And yeah, I can't remember it. I can't find it. I can't learn it. I, I guess that's some uh, some predicates for your work too, right? Yeah. If it's if a human can remember it, if a human can figure out how this works, if I can't figure it out, it's bad.
3: If they can read it. So, for example, I know this approach for documentation that you the documentation should be usable yeah. and the. You should understand it. It should be structured. Uh it should be readable. Have and some so fonts, have <laughs> some like <laughs> yeah, have struct some, layout yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can apply it everywhere.
2: Yeah. Christian, now I have a question to you regarding this topic. You typically come and say we have this and that. So where are your users? How do you think about your users, what they really want? Are you confronted with a complete fixed set of requirements regarding modern user interaction? Or do you also have to adopt somehow to the findings that you have?
0: For one, we do have a separate UX department, which is also organizing their own workshops and corporations, uh, cooperative uh, workshops with customers as well, and we also had uh, one particular project where deliberate time was spent with the users themselves on the, the current system to figure out what their, what their problems are and what their, what their workflow is. So this was done with, with questionnaires, even with video recording, what have you, and of course well the interaction in terms of, of speaking with people and the users and then figuring out okay how, how will this be represented in the final product. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, there as well, though of course it's not everywhere all the time. The project I was in, there was separate cycles in where the product was deployed in a test phase and users were experiencing with that. And then Mm -hmm. their feedback was then reapplied, so Mm -hmm. typical feedback loop in this case.
1: Again, I'm wondering, because I said, did we lose contact or is it because uh, as far as I remember, the, the very first things I learned was the, the analysis phase of my software included talk to the users. How are they currently using the system? How will they in the future use the system? That's exactly what you're telling effect, right? Did we lose that? Or is it a kind of specialization that, that all these topics are just uh, studied more in depth? What do you say?
3: I think... We lost it. Yes, it's over formalized the process, um, and so I know a lot of these documents, this requirement analysis documents. They are focusing on really specifically define the requirements that there are no questions open uh, for the development, and in these documents, the uh, it get lost where what the real goal is of the application and what. Problems occur while using the application. It's it's already so solution focused, and in this phase, no user experience mm-hmm. expert is involved usually. So there, this is really focusing on defining uh, concrete requirements that leave no question open. Things, aspects. technical aspects, uh, properties for every object defined, and no property should be missed and so on, but what um, non-functional requirements are, there's a chapter in it, but it's not covering the real requirements of the users and the the problems they have. And if there's a phone ringing all the time while they are using the application, these things are not covered in these documents and this is then missing. And when we start uh, we often get one step back, talk to the users again Mm -hmm. and then really see what problems they have and this is not covered in these documents and that's, um, yeah, that's the problem.
1: So you are saying that um, maybe in the beginning this was done Mm -hmm. but then uh, technology advanced uh, too fast and and now like the people were left behind so we we lost it and now we are trying to catch it up with with all these Mm -hmm. techniques and focus on
3: UX and uh, And also with all these HR processes that that one person at the beginning or one team uh, that is describing the solution in this requirements document, they cannot see the whole uh, or the best solution at the beginning. You have to try it, implement something, uh, design something, test it if it really works, if your hypothesis really works and not describe the whole system Um, and that the system is... Uh, solving a, a problem, but not maybe not the right problem. Do
4: you have any examples when you wouldn't do this,
3: Does it doesn't
4: just pay off? Yeah, yeah, all if this. You,
3: yeah, if you don't have context, contact to the users or to the customers or whatever, it doesn't but make for sense. Whom do you,
4: for whom do you write the software then?
3: Yeah, but sometimes you don't get access to the people.
4: Okay, so, so then it's it's not possible. But is there some <laughs> some example where you say you wouldn't do it because it just doesn't pay off or it's just not worth?
3: So design thinking I only would do if I um, have the correct problem. So not for if I, for example if I know um, more or less what I want to do mm-hmm. um, and uh, the solution is more or less clear. That I don't need design thinking. I just just.
4: But isn't this dangerous if you say that this the, the solution is more or less clear. So how do you how do you know if the solution is really clear or if you're just saying the solution is clear? for example
3: I have these 20 internals. I
4: okay. uh, and, and they, all know what I, to do.
3: And they uh, think that this is the solution. Yeah,
4: okay. Yeah, I right.
3: will not make a design thinking.
1: Mm.
3: I wouldn't do that so. If I, if I don't have, have the feeling that because you're saying all of
1: the users have some idea what they want and has been talked about and yeah. and, and we agreed and yeah. probably it's good, yes, so we don't yeah. not have to add more um, like firepower. Yeah. Only
3: I if think. I have the feeling that there's something Weird, unspoken. Yeah. Or, unspoken. Or, or Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm. Ah, I'm not sure. Everybody
4: loves these consultants who ask the same three questions every meeting. Huh? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm a kind of this person. And the questions are not answered in every meeting. So I have to ask them again.
3: But for example, user-centered design, you can do with this 20 people and ask them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to think about the big solution, but yeah, well, just do uh, well, the but, job. Just but that's like the what you would
1: always do, yeah. right? As soon as there is a user, we can we can think about how will the user interact yes, with yeah, the system.
4: Yeah. yeah, but this is how it turns out to be after some time, right? You give everything a name, right? I think this whole idea of, of integrating users into your process is not 100% new, right? I think successful companies like Apple did this decades ago already, right? And then now we need a process for this, I guess, right? But is it really, is it is it worth applying this process or creating own departments? I mean, it must be somehow... Aligned with the whole company, right? Otherwise, it will not be successful. If you just say you have now a group of people who are enforcing design thinking in your company, isn't it already wrong, right? Because it's it's a process which should be in the DNA of everybody in the company at some point, right?
3: Yes, for design thinking, I think you're right. So because you need some most of the times you're talking about business, and you need the business, for example, Mm. uh, convinced for. Human-centered design, you can do this even if the business is not convinced because in your project team with your five to ten people, you can create a good software. It doesn't matter if the system around you mm. is also thinking that user-centered design or human-centered design is mm. important. You can do a good job mm. uh, and talk to your users and get feedback and and you said it's, well it depends it's, it's if you get the requirements
4: up front and you say this is yeah, what we will pay you for of course. right of course. Then you, okay. of course
3: of course you need to have the time and the resources to do that but if you have it it doesn't matter if the boss likes it or uh, yeah whatever but you said it's already it's nothing new this human centered design it's nothing new but it's not done in
4: big scale a lot
3: of projects yeah,
4: uh, for sure Sounds because like you
3: have a product owner and they <laughs> are... It's
4: true for everything, right? HL yeah. testing, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's clear. You have
3: stakeholders that are giving the requirements and uh, not users. Mm.
1: Most of the time. So maybe to conclude, uh, is there some uh, introductory material you would recommend to get into this topic uh, for a technical person? So it's something like the place to go, website, where I can learn it in 21 days. What would you recommend? What helped you a lot?
4: What's your favorite book in this area?
3: At the moment, I'm liking the um, the published stuff by Ingrid Gersbach. She's uh, from Austria now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she has a nice podcast, but I think it's in German, if I can remember. Yeah.
4: So I guess it's this time. So, who's that, Paul? I think it's you.
2: It's me, yes. I have to admit, I have to uh, revisit my topic from last episodes. this time, when I was um, talking about the mob programming session we had at the company, um, where we tried to follow up with the ideas of universal architecture.
1: The greedy,
2: <laughs> The uh, Greety, yeah. yes, the Greety stuff. And because it somehow um, exploded the last time, the second uh, session that we did now, um, we, we thought about what constraints could we probably use to make it a more focused experience, the whole more programming sessions. So what were the things that we uh, observed that made this led to this explosion and yeah, I especially I came up with a few constraints and I think they have their value, but I very rigorously wanted to enforce them and so I fucked up the second version of this mob programming session extremely. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is your this is, this is confession round, what? That's my confession. Hey, I'm Paul and I fucked up some more programming
4: sessions. <laughs> what was one of these constraints, which made your life so hard?
2: No, my, my life would be cool, but people didn't <laughs> like
1: it. <laughs>
2: okay. So for example, no refactoring if anything is red. So Sounds port. reasonable. Sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. I would say as well. So no no hacking around in the code, just using refactorings from the IDE, just going micro baby steps. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I know you would love it. <laughs> That's all my all my more programming sessions are like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so but but the problem the problem was Um, the topic of of the whole session was about this architecture stuff. So we wanted to think about how to inverse the dependencies and stuff like this. So the problem was that I mixed up these two things. So the thing that we want to talk about architecture, universal architecture, whatever. And on the other side, these constraints that we wanted to, to help us. And at the end, they really... Cut off the whole basic idea of the thing because I was so
1: much on these constraints. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need an outside moderator. Yeah, maybe. No, my email address. Yeah, <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> but you're sticking I, a link to the constraints. You, yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll talk you, about. You're even worse than me. <laughs> it depends. So if it's a design or architecture spike, then there's no point in. We don't even care if we break it, because it's about... You even have cutters like that. We change the code, we don't even care for the test, because it's more about yeah. where will it go. And I guess you were in such a situation, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in such a situation, focusing on the test is, is not helpful.
4: Yeah, but isn't this somehow... <clears throat> I mean, this is somehow strange, right? Because then you say, as soon as you leave the
1: happy path, you throw away all your practices, right? No, I don't. It's, it's about learning, what you want to explore.
4: Yeah, but shouldn't you explore with all the best practices you have in your hands all the time? And not just say, "Now I want to explore. Now I do software development." No, no, no. Like, I
1: didn't say that. In, in production, you don't. I wouldn't do that like that. But if if I have a group and we want to explore a topic and it's a design or architecture topic, and in a in a learning session, I we'll would always focus on one thing. And mm-hmm. leave all the other things because it's over if you do it for real then it's it's hard enough right we need to to have it running, need small steps incremental oh, I get it, I get it, but if you want to learn something or just explore it, then it's okay, and you would just say it as as a constraint we do not care for this and that because we want to look at that, but of course we throw it away in the end. so so yeah so your arguments not good. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know no, what I mean. Hard. right? So I get uh, it. Yeah. yeah it's so it's uh, if it's about. I guess it was about learning So you learning, want to distill right?
4: what you really want to learn and just focus on this. Because one, right?
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah, I try to do that. It's pretty difficult because uh, when you try to make it smaller for people, you're sometimes adding stuff which makes it more complicated. Mm. So like, uh, if you give, I have an exercise and you need to do file I/O, but file I/O is not part of the exercise, and some people struggle. So I'm preparing the code that does the file I/O. Because I do not want them to focus on that. But then they have to understand my code, which is difficult for them again. So it's it's kind of a balance. The, you you yeah, see I get what it. I mean? So that's not the focus of the exercise, so let's not go there. But if we need it, then I will prepare it. The, yeah, Paul, maybe yeah, the, so fu- that's fucked the, it up. Yeah, yeah
2: so that's <laughs> the thing that I, I wanted to, to share what you said now. Um, just focus, know what. What is the goal? Where do you want but to there, go? It can be hard yeah. for a
1: group even to to find this goal. I would. Say. I think you may, need
4: to make it very transparent, right? So that everybody knows what you're striving. Yeah, for we, for we
2: made we, we made it extremely transparent. So also do so everybody, everybody
4: has goal in universal architecture, or following these constraints.
2: Yeah, all
1: of those uh, things, and that was the problem, <laughs> yeah. But maybe you could, uh, you could, I would do that uh, if you have another session where you go without the constraints, where you will like, kind of identify a target architecture and then go back and use the practices to reach this.
2: Mm, that's a good idea.
1: Because then, then we can still see, everybody can see, Then it, it's a good thing not hacking around and, and always be on green, and, but we know where we want to go. That's also the point. If you don't know where you want to go, you can't DDD there because you don't know. But
4: DDD helps you to find out where you want to go. But
1: if you don't know, uh, you don't do DDD for architectural spikes following the book from Kent
0: Beck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Christian? You're pointing at me. All right. So, what's my contribution for this time? So, um, throughout January, uh, early January, there was a blog post about someone showcasing new features of C20. The, the exercise was a small one, though it was about uh, solving it with new template magic that the language provides with the new features. And this came into the rounds of, of uh, game developers, uh, which, and I followed the whole uh, event then on, on at least Twitter, I don't know where it else exploded, exploded in that direction. And it was essentially about the camp of game developers who were Uh, saying, okay, this is way too crazy. We already have to, uh, whatever new developers we have coming, they now expect that they have the newest compiler uh, bells and whistles going. And then in the actual code, they they stick to essentially standard or basic C++ that was perhaps from uh, 99 or even perhaps the 03, possibly the 11 one. So it was uh, a cry for stop putting so much complexity into the language essentially that followed up and it then cascaded down into comparisons like how long does it take to compile a code that we, with a compiler that has the C plus plus 11 or 14 or perhaps the 20 features enabled compared to compiling the same code without the features enabled and then they realized okay without all the features the same code compiles way quicker when you don't have all these features. So it's just by including, including the standard headers, you get so much that you don't need and so forth. So for me, it was, again, a, a, a hit from reality what people, what the developers, or at least one industry actually demands of a language itself, and they don't, that they don't need the complexity. And of course, there were the separate arguments of, okay, you don't need to argue if you're not participating in these in this standardization meetings, where you could be, and back and forth. Still, for me, it was curious to see, for one, people are caring about the languages, as we all do, and also for the industry as a whole itself. To say, okay, here in in game development, we don't need that.
4: Yeah, it's interesting.
2: It's also interesting uh, for C-Sharp and the Microsoft area, because now with C-Sharp 8, again, a lot of new features are coming up into the language. And what versions
1: do you have at, at large projects at real client sites? I guess most people would have six or seven. So almost like up to date. There's still Java projects with Java 6 and EGP2 and don't want to go there. That's just reality. Yeah. I think C++ has a bit of a problem on its own because compiler is so slow. So it's a great question. So the languages, uh, I would say today more than ever, are moving forward aggressively. Because kind of community community demands it, people want the new features. I think people think they want them, right? Yeah, but on the other reality is like we have a huge project and we cannot migrate it because then it doesn't compile and 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 all the problems with the tooling. So. I don't like these this, this uh, quick releases of languages.
0: Well, quick releases. C standardizes every three years now. Is this quick?
1: That's, that's nice. I, maybe I'm moving into this space. <laughs> I can live with that. I'm very disappointed with Java now, going from two to three year releases to like uh, three m- week, months releases or whatever it is. Uh, nice. I have something very short. There
4: is this app called Blinkist. Do you know this? Blinkist. Yeah, it's an app which allows you to read books in 15 minutes. I don't want to make it man now, but it's. I always said it, and when I heard about this and uh, our company gave us access to this app, just I don't know why, because maybe they got some free um, subscriptions for it and they told us that we can use it and I, I was not really happy about this because you know a book in 15 minutes doesn't work right. Normally you need to read a full book that you get the value of a mm-hmm. full book, right? But for some books, it's really interesting because the, the summary, what they bring in 15 minutes is, is really, really, really good, right? So it's a
1: service that provides summaries. Exactly.
4: It's okay. a service that provides summaries for books in 15 minutes, like, for, like for, for busy people like me, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. But it's it's. It, I think it will not work for technical books, for sure. It will not work for for, for, for books like like about HL development, right? I, I guess at least. But it works for... Um, for 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 classical books, it's very interesting, right? You get a quick overview of, of what happened in this book. Maybe it's already yeah, 10 there's years old and you don't no, want to read it anymore. No point
1: of reading, uh, like, Lord of the Rings in 15 minutes. And l- or rather, don't read it.
4: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I also
1: thought like this, but it's
4: it's really cool. when you when, yeah, you, can, when you sit in the subway and you want to read a book and you say oh I just have 15 minutes and not three hours here, just okay. listen to it in fifteen minutes. Do they have it's the man on the fun. eigenschaften as well? Why that? Uh, I don't know. I, I will look it up and I will listen to it in 15 minutes. No, I just listened to two books.
1: Okay. I agree. Mean, so I, you, I you, can Im- you can immediately uh, join uh, discussions. Yeah, you can. Uh, so you're yeah, like exactly. in your... Uh, no, no, that's not the, the, the point, but,
4: but I think it's it's quite an interesting idea how they did it. It's really worth listening to one of those. I don't want to make advertisement for them, but it's really... I also was very opinionated in the beginning they said, this is just one new trend of our modern times, right? That everything needs to be squeezed together to get it somehow into your day, right? And I also thought it cannot have the same quality, but actually it turns out to be really good. So maybe it helps some people, right? Peter, you brought
1: us a new topic. Yeah.
0: A topic dear to you?
1: Uh, topic uh, Today I want to talk about dogma and we already had some fun in, in the break about dogma and I think it's because dogma is considered bad in software development specifically or I've never met anybody who likes dogma in anywhere. Please, so, please define dogma to me. Yeah, uh, thank you for asking. So Wikipedia says that dogma is considered the official system of principles or doctrines of a religion which is not helpful because we're not dealing with religion. But there is more in that definition. So one of the definitions I more like is uh, that it, in more general dogma is applied to some strong belief uh, was whose adherents are not willing to discuss it rationally. So it's about uh, maybe principles that are considered undeniable true, or it's about uh, uncompromising Unyielding, unquestionable the things. C-
4: the classical os prinzip
1: in German, right? Yeah, uh, because it's unquestionable. Yeah. yeah, it would by principle. Thank you. I will update that. Uh, that's interesting. So I think maybe it's not dogma, but honestly, that we need more rules and we need some rules that are unquestionable.
4: All
1: yeah, right. that's that's an interesting. Point. Um, because yeah, so it's. Uh, Need more guiding principles, let's more doctrine, maybe, let's more dogma.
4: But who who defines those principles? Is it a group work or is it done by two or three wise guys who say we have all the experience, we tell you what you should do?
2: Yeah, I don't think that we really need dogma that is not uh, to be questioned. I think it's about things that have been questioned and argued and discussed so often. So that we came to a more or less common agreement about how we view these things and that's the reason why we don't question it so much as we question other things i think we have to reach that point i think we don't need a software development pope where <laughs> i said we are not or, dealing or, with a mafia party where you are not allowed to discuss anything so i don't think that that is the thing that we want to have,
1: but the mean? problem with your approach is that then everybody would have to discuss it again and again, so we're not reaching any anywhere.
2: Yeah, but we have to. The question is, when do we discuss it? And that's a point that we talked about uh, f- episodes ago. That our education in software development that should be the point where we discuss those things that we don't discuss too much again. When we come to the real project, and that's the thing that we are missing. Maybe, so we as an industry we don't have not so much common ground
1: but but maybe about we, things maybe, and principles maybe that we, we don't do not have discuss, to discuss too much. it. Because uh, I think that's that's one of the. We can just follow it,
4: I, but I think that's really the good thing. As you said, we we said this with this picture example um, a few episodes ago that we don't have anything where we say this was good software, right? This is not available, right? There's nothing where you say, if you want to take a look at good software, take a look at this product, right? But it's open source, m- it's on GitHub. not right? about
1: software, but about practices.
4: Yeah, also about practices, so right? Sure,
1: what would you consider unquestionable when doing?
4: I, I think this is this is totally opinionated if I say this now, right? Yeah, just for see. sure, I mean, for me, um, teamwork and, and pairing is unquestionable, but this is not true for all software development teams, right? There are these rockstar teams where everybody just wants to do his own stuff and they work, right? I cannot say that this is not a good approach because for them it maybe works, right? So I think this dogma must come from the team itself. Then it would maybe work. And I totally understand your point where you're sometimes getting really pissed off by discussing the same thing all the time again right every two weeks you discuss the same thing right this is maybe where you think you need some rules where you have already designs uh, where you have already decisions that we stop discussing all the things again and there's this um simon brown i guess you know him this this um um architecture um guy coding architecture, and here's this architectural decision records, for example. I think they can be useful, right? Because you just write down, we did it because of this context to solve this problem. Just that you say, you know, why do you use MVC and not MVVM, for example? You just say, here's the architectural decision record. read it. Maybe it's not valid anymore, then we can discuss it because the context changed or the problem changed, then it makes sense, right? But the, the problem is those dogma and rules, of course, I mean, we always see this in companies that people want to have at least some, some basic rules, which are the allowed technologies, right? What are, what are, what are the, the way how we develop software? What, are, what is the test coverage, right? If it really gets very, very strange. And, and, but this normally never works out if you don't have the commitment of the people. So I think the commitment is more important than the dogma.
0: Is now a dogma... A fancy word for house rule? Mm, No, it's it's more. I think. Yeah, the house
1: rule, as I know it, is more. It's a house rule that means nobody's doing it. Everybody's wishing for it.
4: Yeah, but what's really the dogma without without the people standing behind it? I mean, as a company, you try to find clever developers, right? And those clever developers, you you get them. So there is no dogma without people following it, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean that. I mean that's otherwise it's a terror regime. But it, but so it, if
2: people don't believe in the things that are said to be true,
1: and then those things have to be enforced. Well, that is also true for religion. Yeah. In the past and also sure. in the present, so that's kind of terror regime. then I, I don't know.
4: I think it's not. Yeah. I think what we need which should be undiscussable, are values, right? A company should have values, a team should have values, where you say, okay, for us, I don't know, helping each other is more important than delivering software, which is maybe a hard value, you cannot achieve
1: it no, like mostly. No, no but a, if you No asshole rule could be a really strict rule. Or...
4: Exactly, yeah. so so maybe it's better to have some kind of, of guiding points, cornerstones, where you say, okay, this is really important for your team, right? Could
1: be. I think no... no uh... Once I was in a group and we tried to figure out what is what could be the dogma for us. So, what are the things that are unquestionable? Maybe peer programming. Yeah. Uh, but always asking for help and helping. So, this is kind of mixed. It's not only technology wise, as you say, maybe it's also want to collaborate or is helpful and uh, communicate. And maybe there are some house rules. Well, I already call it house rules after you brought up the term. Some rules that are necessary to follow, and there is no room for individuals being rock stars and not writing tests because I'm not. Yeah, but then tests.
4: we come back to this decision, uh, to this discussion: who makes those rules, right? Who, who is the guardian of those rules? I don't know. <clears throat> but but this is actually the point, right?
1: Usually, there are some people that are more cleverer than. Well, I have some ideas, uh, but that, that wasn't about that. There are a lot of rules out and we could, could look for them and and actually understand the value of rules and find them actively and then follow them as long as they are useful to you.
4: But who forces people to use those rules? Nobody. So yeah, but then it's not Dogma, right? Yeah, maybe. But the best,
2: the best rules would be the rules that everybody agrees on to be valuable without being forced. But they are not. That's not happening. I uh, know. That's not happening. That's not happening. But that's what we could strive for. So we could. We, 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 a, we, we uh, could yeah. try to find things that we really can agree on. And I don't believe that we can. That no, we, we can. will. That we will succeed. We cannot. It, we it's, could, a,
1: it's very small. But this yeah, and many.
2: even and even this striving for can be well valuable.
1: And even if it true? don't succeed. True. But let me give you another aspect here. Um, I'm not talking about people that, that know this, uh, like that have done DDD for 20 years and now know situations where other tools are more productive for them. But I'm talking about the, the majority, and the majority are people with little experience, and they definitely need guidance and rules. And now when I uh, uh, was at a conference and there was a talk, it was a really good talk, but it was about when solid is not applicable. So uh, it's a nice talk, but it's totally I can't stand it because there's like a huge audience of 500 people. Where just 300 people are beginners. They just have some faint idea what solid it might be. They have never understood it. And now there's a talk. It's not applicable. Okay, I'm free. Don't have to look at it anymore. That's it. Thank you. Let's hack some code. And that and it mustn't happen. Yeah, but it yes. mustn't happen. And and. For that not to happen, maybe I would accept some cases where I follow the rule even without it making sense.
4: Yeah, that's a question, right? Can a can a developer learn something without making mistakes, right? Can you can you force somebody to to ramp up faster by giving him a very small frame Good where question, he can live in? Right? Because
1: we are very stupid as humans. We are making mistakes all the time, but we would have books and teachers and and wisdom and general like uh, what you learned from your parents to avoid it. No, we, we yeah, that's the point. We don't we have will. the time to repeat but all the But we mistakes. all know that uh, the
4: Dunning-Kruger effect, right? That you think you're very clever, but at the beginning you, you think you're very clever, yeah. but you are not, right? And You then think you're very clever
1: and you don't have to follow the rules. Yeah, and if true. it's dogma, this option is not available. There is no option of not following the rule, regardless how clever you are. But did you, you learn software
4: development that way?
1: Well, I'm a rules person. So I guess I followed the rules as soon as I found them.
4: Okay. But you questions them, right? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I can't believe no. it. I'm sure you wanted to know why it is.
1: Well, yeah, usually is. it's explained, right? If you read a book from Person that we as a community agree is somebody who has to say something about some topics. Okay. And it's explained there. And it's because it's not just written yeah, but as you should not kill, but it's explaining and giving examples. Something so it's something else, right? It's accessible. That's,
4: yeah, but that's, that's the point of reinventing the wheel all the time. Right? That people don't just read up stuff, they just want to make the experience again on their own, even if they have already a book where it could be read up, right? I mean, most of the things we are doing wrong in project management these days was written down in mythical man months, Probably. twenty-five years ago, right? Probably. yeah. So or why in, do we still do it or wrong? Even the 60s. Because,
1: yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. How do you how do you get people on this on this gagging shoulders, right? With rules. I don't know. With Maybe things we need
1: to follow. Then there is no discussion. There is discussion. You know?
4: But wouldn't this
1: actually not lay down? Maybe. I don't
4: know. Uh, that's, I really like this discussion because in, in in big companies, there's always a question of how many rules do you give developers they have to follow or how free are they, All right? All
1: these uh, rules in big companies are just uh, ridiculous.
4: Not always. I wouldn't say oh, yes. maybe maybe some of them are, but at least they also try to because do what they're you're always saying, organizational
1: right? rules and they're no, never on practices and principles.
4: No, they're, of course, also very experienced architects or developers who say... We should use I don't know these technologies for these things, and then young, very enthusiastic developers says, that's bullshit. We should use the newer stuff, right? And maybe they're right, right? So, what's do you the think trade-off? That
2: such uh, decisions are part of a dogma? What tool to use?
1: Could be, like if we follow Uncle Bob, we all use Enclosure, and that's the end of it. No C plus plus twenty. No frameworks. End of it. Right. No, I don't know. I, that's the point. I'm not. I'm not decided on language. It's a tool, so they have all their users. Users, you, and, you, but it's uh, also the same for testing techniques, maybe. And this is that depends trap, and the it depends trap.
4: Yeah, for sure.
1: Kills every rule. For sure. And I can't have that.
4: But yeah, but yeah.
1: Uh. Because we have nothing. If it if all always depends, we have no certainty. No. No, like, uh, base where we can start from. But that's,
4: that's the point, right? It always depends. Maybe. Isn't it true at some Yeah, point? but it's
1: an excuse. Maybe it depends, but it's also used. Now, let's say it like that. I know it depends, but most of the time, I would say it's used as an excuse. That's probably true. And I wouldn't say excuse because of evilness, but of... Not knowing how to do it, or being not sure, and don't want to look stupid, or more like I don't know how to do it, so can't do it. It's stupid. That's it.
4: But what's the the biggest rule you would wish for?
1: You already said pair programming, right? Would be like your number one rule. Yeah. Or what would be your but number, but you what know? does it mean
2: if we, if we say programming is obligatory yeah it's obligatory so that means if if i come in the morning I'm not allowed to do it to
1: start alone can't work on production code alone yeah
4: i don't know i'm 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 strict against doing pairing the whole day it just drains Six down hours. my energy i think it's 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 totally okay to to Come up with a, a to tackle a complex problem together, but then split work up.
1: Yeah, right? we don't I'm have a big fan of splitting what, work up afterwards. What, not talking to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Paul, you wanted to say what? What would be your number one rule? I don't believe in these rules. Any rules? No, but so I can do. So I can, do, in, I can yeah. do everything. Based on hack on around, on. not change code only when green. Of, of course, it
2: depends. If I'm if I'm spiking, if I'm researching, of course. I...
1: And maybe then the rules have to be more specific. Yeah, and, and the and question are, about the rules is and, and what, actually they are because yeah. DDT doesn't say you're doing spiking with DDT; it sure, says you're sure. not doing DDT when spiking. But right? the question is how help, helpful is
2: anything that you are doing or not doing or proposing? Uh, so if it's very broad, it doesn't help too much. If it's very specific, it helps maybe only in a very small niche mm, of the things that are doing.
4: Mm-hmm. I think TDD is especially good example because there was this great discussion between um, um, Martin Fowler. Um, and Exactly. Right. And this was really, if you, if you listen to this, I think it's six episodes and it's really worth listening to it because they just had total different experiences when it comes to developing, right? They write, they write software from a total different perspective. And so they said, for me, it's just not working, right? And if you come then with dogma and say DDD is good for everyone then I think it's just not working. It just well, makes well, people unhappy.
1: the difference is that uh, DHH tests a lot, is very professional, and he tried it.
4: So you think Dogma is just for the unexperienced? Maybe. Okay, so you would like to have a rule set for people but to it's not also go for in experience. the same direction?
1: Well, that's a trap, right? It's a depends <laughs> it, trap, it
4: depends. It depends It depends.
1: I don't know. That's no, a very know. good
4: point, at least, I think. I don't know.
3: But a dogma uh, is for you only for one team, or should it be more general, or for 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 what?
1: Well, dogma would be I I don't know for all because of depends Java so programs. mobile development is yeah. different than other development. Maybe it isn't. I cannot speak for areas I haven't been. Yeah, so I, I think a, a
2: dogma that stands to its name has to be general applicable.
1: Otherwise, it's just a house rule. Yeah, yeah maybe do no harm. Right. Well, it's very yeah. generic and uh, we can always uh, come to all the rules from that.
0: I'm trying to figure out wh- what, the, what the guiding know, limit would be, to avoid and it depends. And the one thing I came up with right now is context specific. It's another wording for it depends, I realize that, though perhaps by trying to think differently to approach it. Because the, the one thing that came to my mind about what would be my dogma could be the, the, the formatting of source code. There are endless discussions, how many blanks, where the brackets should be and what not. Yet a language like, was it COBOL, I believe? Uh, had the fixed formatting, I hope it was COBOL, or, and then also Go has a fixed formatting, where the language itself, where there is a separate tool that says, this is the format, everybody hates it, and everybody agrees that it's good, that it exists. And
1: that's the an end, uh, end of it, end of discussion.
0: Right, and then it's the end of discussion, and the context is the language Go, or at least a, a programming language, because I could y- apply the same dogma for any other text, whatever I have, then that is not in terms of artistic, I have no idea, but Programming language where, the, where you have some sort of syntax parsing behind it. And so the, in this case, the context is some, something measurable and something automatable. Whereas as soon as people are involved in terms of their practices, now where is the code formatting in that, then it's getting hairy perhaps. in With respect to f- feeling like a dogma that is universal.
2: Maybe we should reflect about and think about why. Something like a classical dogma, so safe from the Pope or whoever, uh, was reasonable in some context and in some time. I, I don't have the answer, but I think because I could, people could, needed
4: guidance, right?
2: Yeah, but why? Maybe because some idea could be that the communication was extremely slow. So you could not react fast on changes and on the things that are happening and yeah. the things that you're seeing. And if you're not really, if you're not able or, or set to be able to decide on your own, you have to have rules, rules that you can learn from your from your ancestors. They were valid 100 and 200 years ago and they are valid for you as well. So maybe that's, that's a, if you want to find a good reason to have something like a dogma, if you have no no fast communication, it's maybe helpful for a population to come up with, with something together to have something like strict rules for parts of your life. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the reason why we have such a problem with such strict fixed rules, because we see our, our context changing all the time, from minute to minute, from day to day, Every three months um, we have a new version of the yeah. programming language, so the maybe old dogma sh- doesn't work and anymore. Maybe it shouldn't.
1: Yeah, but
4: because,
1: because I can't deal with it. Well, I'm, I'm like 47, so I can't deal with it anymore, but also you will soon not being able to deal with it anymore, and everybody. So it's you say that crazy. the problem
4: is the time, right? The time where you can read books in 15 minutes, right? <laughs> 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 no, but it's, it's true, because on the other hand, we have strict rules. If you think of your, your life here in, in society, you have really strict rules, and they don't change that often. You just follow them, even if they are somehow maybe not, yeah, not that clever. You don't ask yourself all the time, why am I allowed to, to drive 15 here on the on the street? Why isn't it 70? Why don't we do this discussion every day when we come to work, right? And say, hey, no, it should be 55. or I don't know, 45 or 30. Because it's more given, right? Maybe we don't have such a strong opinion in this. And maybe the issue is that we are so opinionated on software, right? Because we take it some... Somehow, way too religious, right?
1: Maybe it's because we are living there. So people dealing with traffic have this discussion all the time.
2: Maybe
4: seems yeah.
1: like so it, uh, it's not exactly. part yeah. of our real business yeah. core of our core we, we, problem. We, we are not. We don't know anything about. This.
4: So you could maybe dogma would work for people who develop software, but who are not the software developers, right? Maybe they would even be Well, but like that's it. the
1: bad thing. That's exactly what companies do, right? When some departments create rules, when politicians might create rules because the self-driving cars start killing people or something Then somebody will create rules. It will be horrible.
4: Yeah, that's what Uncle Bob said, right? Yeah, and it will if be horrible because if you don't they, find because a because they're to
1: creating rules like software you're creating, it has everything has to be documented and it has to be traceable and, and it's like gunshots and, and and all that. It's not helping the quality.
0: Are you then? Would you be willing to, to board a plane that was not developed by such rules?
1: Good question. Is the plane better than uh, from, uh, if everything would be state-of-the-art? Uh, well, I understand the problem. It's like a metric. We want to have a confidence in it and we can only measure by products. Like we can measure how many tests are there, and well, was test execution, was everything green, and that's what we and can measure. And r-
0: these rules essentially also came from from realization that everything is so linear, because, yeah. because planes were crashing, yeah. so this is, which is why rules were made. But the rules were from outside,
1: it's exactly the rules that you were asking for? No, so the,
0: at least for air traffic it was participation of the... Yeah,
1: all the, the, also by the by the of creating them, right, so right. It's, a, it's a group, yeah. So, so you, you say what Uncle Bob says actually,
4: that you if you don't come up with our own no, rules, no, people I, will put them I on us. I don't know, us. it was just an yeah, example, but it but could it, be like this for, is planes, what he actually said, for planes planes,
1: right? it already happened, it might happen for train, it might definitely happen for self-driving cars if there are enough accidents. And I guess they already have to prove something right now because they are participating in traffic. So
2: maybe we could have some constitution.
1: As we have in our state. Yeah. That would be like uh, it's it's you can still break it and sometimes you get away with it. Yeah, Uh, but But this is what
4: certificates are, right? In software engineering, (laughs) no,
1: that's a completely different topic, isn't it? Well, but there are no such certificates. Well, you have these agile tester and TDD certificates, but that.
4: But you also get a driving license, which is somehow a certificate that you can drive a car, right? And if you say that you're allowed
1: to drive a car, not that you can. Yeah. That you're able to.
4: But. Well, that's that's what you say, but actually the idea is that you yeah. can drive a car, right? And the same is for certificates, right?
2: I understand it for the driving license, but I don't understand it for some Agile certification.
4: Uh, I don't I know.
1: Agile sc- Scrum Master. Uh, there was
4: this discussion on Twitter a while ago, if, you, if, if people think that a certificate is more worth than, I don't know five years of experience right and 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 some people had these issues when they applied for companies and said you don't have to certificate right and this guy has it but you have four years of experience it's a pity because it's quite good but you don't have the certificate Mm -hmm. and we cannot take it right because we only take people with this someone
1: else made the rule
4: yeah maybe so the conclusion is dogma is It, co- it depends if Dogma is good, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's your answer. <laughs> that's. I think there will
4: not be. An, so I, con- I see it from this perspective, I always think of a frame, right? I think it's important that you have a frame, but in this frame you should be totally free. And what's the frame? To run around. That's the question. What's I cannot give you the answer. Mess,
1: mess up depends, everything you actually. like, do whatever you like.
4: No, actually that's the frame should be in a way that you can mess up yourself, but you shouldn't be able to mess up everything, right?
1: What's everything? Yeah, everything is things which are related to other persons. I mean, all web applications. So don't if, have if to you work, for example do a microservice
4: architecture, you can do your own microservice. You can even choose your own technology, right? Because if it's bullshit, we can just rewrite it. Maybe that's the solution, right? Maybe. Waste it all.
2: Oh no, I've problems with so that. So our dogma problems. is use HTTP. That's
1: it. HTTPS. Well, This
4: is for yeah. example, yeah, but, but, a, of but it depends
1: it because maybe you wanna you need to go asynchronous. And you can't do that. Well I'm never talking about technology because technology is just uh, moving too fast for me. So I'm more talking about the, the slow moving things. So and that's the things that 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 make sense. To kind of have rules on. There's no yeah. no point in having a rule to I, use I Angular to three, five, yeah, or seven. Yeah. No, I have not at
4: the point. I think I I have this feeling very often that the problem with this is that we don't have any scientific evidence that TDT, for example, creates better results. We
1: have no scientific ev- evidence for most things, even yeah, for pharma but products. In software we don't, we have, don't have any. We don't have scientific evidence. Because if you really
4: do do some some scientific working and you really realize. If you, for example, let, let's say you write about maintainability or good code or craftsmanship or clean code, you will not we will not actually be able to write scientific work about this because there's no scientific proof that this exists, right? If you take a look at Uncle Bob's book, maybe they are good, but there's no proof that what he says is better, right?
1: That what he says is true. Well, there have been some studies, I think, even uh, Microsoft yeah, did two projects, uh, like the same project, <laughs> and so on. But that, that's not the point. It's all about opinion, and, and that's exactly my point. You can always talk yourself out.
4: Yeah, but if you would have real clear scientific...
1: maybe Nowhere in life do you have that.
0: Um, as we were talking now, I was reminded of a similar question that I pitched at one Socrates conference. Where I was less about dogma, I was more about some sort of some sort of ethics in software development, and whether or not there is something like uh, like a constitution like you said paul and the the one resource I was given was the ACM, the Association mm-hmm. of Computing Machinery, which well, you can become a member of, and they also have a dedicated code of conduct which is several pages long has Things like a kind of ethics code, yeah. ethics, not just ethics, it also the professional responsibilities and strive for achieve high quality and so forth. So they are uh, just from the from the headlines a little bit vague. I guess if you're Peter are talking about dogmas, it might go down to I don't know. Yeah, lines I of code. would like to see
1: technical, like, very concrete things up to even formatting, mm. because I'm just tired of all the discussion and the crap. But it's also ethics is part of this, mm-hmm. and also for ethics it doesn't work. Everybody agrees that it's very important, but also it doesn't work.
3: But isn't it then more than a team agreement than a dogma? Well, so you, you as very, a you you as a team agree that this is the way you want yeah, to do no,
1: it. Yeah, today you have to do it like that. Yeah. At but least your team can like you can
3: encapsulate
1: yeah. and. If you need dogma,
4: aren't you then not just maybe not?
3: You want to Good be a enough dictator. to
4: convince people, probably because that's why you need dogma no no this is not a personal offence but if if you are able to convince people that you say this formatting is the best one then you don't need dogma
1: maybe but you need much time
4: yeah that's true
1: maybe you need to convey like five years of experience for people to understand and accept it and don't have the time maybe good question so you I knew that you would uh, like uh, play it back. No, no, it's way. because
4: <laughs> I think often with with architects there's this issue when when you think of architectural roles, right? If they come to projects, I think it's very important that they can really explain very good why they make those decisions, right? And it's mainly about giving the the the, the insight and and the the, the people believes in what they say, right? Because if they just say, I'm the architect now, I tell you what you should do and how we should do it, right? Then it's normally not working. You will really indeed convince the people, right? And of course, you could say, we have some rules here. I've defined them. I've written them down and we all should follow them. But if people don't believe in it, I think it's it's worthless, right? And that's, that's everything, the commitment.
1: So you're saying maybe we already have it, but it's not executed? No. Yes, and because it's not executed, everybody does whatever they likes, yeah that's and true. it doesn't make a difference. You're not burned for being a witch because you didn't format with four spaces, Yeah, so that's true. you can format whatever you like.
4: Yeah? Well, Maybe it's a problem that if you don't like it, you just go out and, and take another job, right? Because it's so easy in our industry.
1: Oh, they can do that, yeah. And they are so hungry for you that everything is allowed.
4: Maybe that's the point, yeah.
1: Ah, different aspects here. So maybe we have rules, but they are not executed. Maybe we can do everything because we are rock stars and they depend on us. Thank you. That was kind of concluding anyway.
0: All right, so at this point, we also again say thank you for listening to our, again, a little bit longer episode.
2: Yeah, so thank you to our guest, Claudia. Thank you for being with us for your contributions. And yeah, we're looking forward to the next episode of Developer Melange.